Hello, it's time for another Wolves Weekly as we round up all the week's action for you exclusively on Wolves Radio. Joining me, as he does every week, is Mikey Burrows. Mikey, it was a really busy one for you last week. We almost had a match for every day of the week. Um, Have you had a bit more of a a chilled, relaxed few days? Uh, A little bit, Gemma, thank you. Yes, six games in nine days uh, last week and then a couple of days off. And then three games in three days this coming weekend. Uh, There is a lot of football going on. Um, Not all of it is entirely memorable and stuff that we will look back on Mm. fondly. Uh, But some of it is. Some of it was quite historic. So uh, there's lots to talk about as ever. Lots of things going on at the football club. Yes, absolutely. Now, there's lots to talk about today with the under-23s, the under-18s in particular, and Wolvesman as well. But let's start with the first team. Two matches have happened since we last spoke last week. Um, and unfortunately, two losses, probably not games we want to remember, particularly the Arsenal one, ending ending in heartbreak as it did. Um, what do you think went wrong for us last week, Mikey? Um, I, I think part of the issue, I think, is that sometimes, and we've spoken about this before, Jim, the expectations rise. And you know, we talked about the fact that the ceiling was higher than we thought it was. And... You sometimes then focus entirely on us and not on the opponents. And I thought, Arsenal, you have to give them credit. From minute one, they were at us. They were playing with a high intensity, a high press. And we coped well with it in the first half. But the longer it went on and the more forward players who went on and the more they started to to find gaps, it was going to be more and more difficult. Mm. And, you know, lots of debates have been had about um, you know, should we have brought on an extra midfielder? Should we have brought on other different players? What can you do? Listen, it didn't quite work out. We were moments away from getting away with a point, which would have been a really good point. You know, we, we didn't play necessarily too di- too different to, to how we've played at Man United or at Tottenham, certainly, you know, in defensive away performances. Mm. But, but you know, the, the problem is sometimes if you don't score goals, you don't take your chances, you lose the match. And it was the first time since 2018 that we had scored first and gone on to lose. Wow. Like 46 games where we'd scored first, we'd got a draw or three points from that match. So actually that's a remarkable record across two different head coaches and lots of different players. And it's the first time uh, this season that we'd scored uh, and not got anything from the game either. So, you know... You put that one down to to a bit of you know freak event. You know, Jose Sarr did not deserve to have an own goal credited against him in that type of manner for the way he's mm. been. Sunday was a different factor, Gem. Uh, there was obviously a lot of changes. Yeah. Um, the, kind of the whispers out was that you know there's a, a lot of players have played a lot of football in a short space of time, and that you know they didn't want to risk potentially injuring anybody so they made the changes and they just played like a team who had quite a few changes they weren't bad they had a lot of possession they got into good areas they just lacked that final cutting edge in the final third and and that happens you know it is going to happen and we just have to hope that they bounce back quickly against Palace yeah, definitely. I think you're right to mention the um, you know the five changes that we had between Arsenal and West Ham. I mean, with with two games in less than seventy two hours, Bruno's 
you know, he, he's going to have to look towards bringing in fresh legs. Um, and and do, do you think that having that, that congestion of fixtures was, was t- played a part in, in the result on Sunday and impacted, impacted the decision-making that, that Bruno had to, had to do? Yeah, undoubtedly, Gemma. I, I think, listen, you know, when you, people, people think, oh, they're professional footballers, they're ready to play every couple of days. But it, the, the intensity, and especially the intensity of the Arsenal game, and the way it finished as well is going to take a lot out of the players that, you know, they are going to be in a situation whereby can they possibly go full at it again a couple of days later? You know, this is what we have a squad for. Now, the issue that, that Bruno faced on that Sunday was that having lost Nelson Semedo, he then had to make a really tough call. You know, you've got a player in Keanu Hoover who's not played for a couple of weeks, really, realistically. You know, he's had 45 minutes to an hour for the under-23s is pretty much what he's had in the last month or so. You've got a player, Johnny, who's, who's played about half an hour in the last 10 months. And so you, if you're deciding to change the right-hand side, he clearly made a decision to, to alter the left to try and get some balance with, with Marcel being a little bit more defensive. And, it, and it then it, it then had an impact on them going forwards. And you know, we saw other players then come in who, who maybe didn't take their opportunity. And this is the point of having a squad. You need players who are going to come in and push and say, I want to be in the starting lineup. And some of them may well question, you know, did they really do that on Sunday? But like, I still go back to that point, Jim, where, you know, we're pushing towards the end. On another day, they get an opportunity, they take it, we go away with a point and we're happy. We could have gone away with, you know, two points from those two games and we'd have been relatively chuffed with the way things had gone. Mm. The fact that we lost, we lost to to two very good football teams who are having very good seasons they just so happen to be potential European qualification rivals it makes it sting but in reality when you look back on what the last three four months the only teams to have beaten us are Man City and Liverpool the top two Arsenal twice and West Ham who are also pushing for the top four that's not horrendous you know that's not that's not uh, you know uh, an earth-shattering nightmare time they've gone really really well so some perspective needed yeah they had a bad couple of days it happens hopefully it's made good again at Molyneux on Saturday yeah opportunity now to bounce back and just speaking again about about that team they've of course now had six days of recovery so do you think that we'll see uh, reverting back to a more similar starting 11 to we had at Arsenal or do you think there might be some faces that stay well, I don't, I don't know about you, because obviously you watch the games and you probably watch them more intently than I do, because obviously I'm following the ball to commentate. But um, I, think, I think it's really interesting now that I'm not, I'm not entirely sure which suits us better at the minute, the 3-5-2 or the 3-4-3, and who fits in mm. to those positions. I actually thought when we were 3-5-2, there was a, a really nice partnership between Raul and Daniel Pedence building. And I understand why we went to the three and, and it was effective. But there's the question. Do mm, you yeah. do you put extra midfield in or do you go with the Ford and then and then who are the Ford players? You know, does Pedro is he ready to start after a couple of substitute cameos in a week? You know, who gets that right wing back start? Is Johnny ready yet? And you know, th- there are lots of questions. Yeah. And sometimes questions can be bad because we're tearing our hair out going, What what are we gonna do? <laughs> but actually in this situation we have lots of good players. Yeah 
and and it's about you know that uh, I always say it, that's why Bruno gets paid the money he does <laughs> to make that decision. But I say I don't know what you think about the three five two three four three thing. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think that you, you're totally right about Raul and Pedence having a nice relationship in these past few games. But then also, you know, we see moments of magic from He Chan Huang, you know, scoring his goal again recently after he returned from injury. Pedro, it does depend a lot on availability of players. I mean, if we can have Pedro Neto in a starting lineup by Saturday, I'm not sure if it will if it will happen. But I mean, that would be absolutely amazing. And we know how well that front three has worked, you know, in the past with with Raul and, and Pedro, and then that third position up. For a debate of you know whether it would be Hechem, whether it be Pedence, whether it be Trincao, or, or any other options that we have. So um, yeah, it's interesting to see what's what Bruno will decide. But um, yeah, it seems like there's lots of positive options to make, and with a bit more of time to recover from Sunday, he hasn't got to consider as much the fatigue as he did uh, at West Ham. So we could see a number of changes again. So we'll have to wait and see what Bruno decides to do. Um, in terms of game game plan and sort of looking ahead to facing Crystal Palace of course they got the better of us earlier in the season um how do you think we might tackle facing them at home on Saturday a bit differently this time around well you know it's a Crystal Palace again having a good season you know and I always say this Jim that you can't rule out the opposition and the way they go about playing the game and Crystal Palace you know with Patrick Vieira in his first season, with an awful lot of change that they had over the summer, have done really well. And they did a job on us at Sellers Park earlier in the season. Tactically, they were very acute, very aware of the way Wolves wanted to play, and they were able to to create a situation whereby Wolves weren't able to take advantage of what Palace were doing. Now, you know, we've played them once, so there should be a little bit more in terms of we know what they might do to us, what can we do then to counter it? And you always get that at this stage of the season. But you look at their recent record, you know, they, they're still in the FA Cup, doing pretty well in that. Uh, you know, they, they had a big win against Watford uh, a couple of games ago. But their general form has, has not been as strong, maybe, as it could have been. So the opportunity is there you know, for Wolves to take it to them. And, and Palace might be in a similar situation to, to us in that, you know, we've just come off the back of a, a strong run of fixtures. They know they've got some really strong fixtures to come. So are they going to be looking at us or are they going to be looking beyond us to what they've got next? That's the fascinating thing with the Premier League at the minute. It's, it's really hard to call. I would be confident knowing the way Wolves have played for the majority of 2022, but... You wouldn't want to predict anything at this stage. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens on Saturday. We'll both be there at Molyneux as usual for another Saturday home game. Uh, So let's keep our fingers crossed for a positive result against Crystal Palace. Um, Moving on to the uh, under-23s and the under-18s. I'll come to the under-23s shortly, but first we must talk about the under-18s success at Molyneux on Saturday, one of those many games that you had last weekend. Um, <laughs> more success for them in the FA Youth Cup into the semi-finals. You were there, weren't you, weren't you Mikey? Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal, actually. And it's a shame that there weren't more fans who were in Molyneux to see it because this is history being made mm. right in front of our very eyes you know we've not got to to this stage of the competition since 2005 since wow. the likes of Wayne Hennessy and Mark Little and Mark Davis and and Elliot Bennett were making their way through the youth levels of Wolverhampton Wanderers and 
you mentioned like you know don't talk about the end of 23s just yet i mean they pretty much are the end of 23s <laughs> you know everybody in that starting lineup bar mason reese who's 16 have played under 23 football this season that's why wolves are strong in this competition it's, you know we've always said the wolves way is to test players early to to push them up the age groups and see what they have about them and then if they're successful then we can try and get them out on loan mm -hmm. so if anyone's watched the under-23s the last couple of years, they've seen a lot of 17, 18-year-olds in amongst that group. Now it's really paying off because all of a sudden they go back down because they're still eligible to play in this competition and they're playing against teams who are legitimate under-18s, but they all played under-23 football. Mm. So they're stronger, they're fitter, they, they, they've played with each other for years. So... The, the interplay between them, Tyler Roberts and Nathan Fraser up front, you know, they, they know each other's game inside out. They know what they're doing. It's, it's you know, it's synchronised in a way that's beautiful to watch. And there's an, an energy about them that that just, you know, gets you off the edge of your seat. Tyler Roberts, Jim, he's like, you know, he's head down. I'm going for it. I'm carrying the ball. There's only one way I want to run. That's towards goal. Nathan Fraser is like, see ball, run to ball. Doesn't matter where it is, I'm going to go for it. He got his goal brilliantly where a defender was trying to play it back to the keeper. It was a poor back pass. Before the keeper could do anything about it, Nathan Fraser was already on it. Because in his mind, it was just, I'm going to run after that ball because I will do everything I possibly can for this badge on the front of the shirt. And I love that about them. <laughs> There's so many good, talented young players in that side, Jeb. It's the best crop of young players collectively I've seen for an awful long time. And you know I've been around this football club for an awful long time. <laughs> I, I genuinely mean that. There's some really good young players in there. They beat Brighton by three goals to one. They beat Tottenham scoring three goals in the round before. They're now up against Manchester United at Old Trafford wow. for a place in the final and they know that if they can get through the final will be at Molyneux so please if you can get to Old Trafford next Wednesday get up there and support the Wolf Cubs because they are absolutely flying it's just absolutely incredible. I mean, what an opportunity for them. They've played two matches now at Molyneux, which is amazing. But to be going to Old Trafford for this semi-final on such a historic occasion, it's just huge for the players involved, isn't it? It's just amazing. Yeah. Well, they all knew that it was going to be Man United because Man United had played Leicester in their quarterfinal two nights earlier. So, you know, that, that carrot was already there. You know, Steve Davis told me afterwards that, you know, he didn't need to mention that in his pre-match team talk. You know, the players knew. Mm. You know, you don't, you don't, and, and there's a nice element to it that, you know, as special as playing at Molyneux is, you know, you're not guaranteed in your career to get to play at Old Trafford. So they're going to get that chance and there's probably going to be a decent crowd. There was a couple of thousand there, I think, for, for their tie Amazing. against Leicester. So, you know, it's there. This, this, this is the grandest stage. This is what you want to be involved in. You know, final final elements of big competitions of eyes on you of tv cameras the game on saturday was broadcast around the world it's there wow. this is your opportunity to put your hand up and, and show why people are talking about you you know i've talked to you about nathan fraser in the past he's got himself a, a professional contract now having turned 17 so those those are the the rewards are there if you put the effort in if you play well and fingers crossed, Jim, they're going to play well at Old Trafford.
Let's hope so. Well, you're going to be there, Mikey. I'm hoping to be there as well. And Mikey, the supporters can be there too. So if you head over to the Wolves website, tickets to get to Old Trafford are actually completely free of charge. So it's an absolute no-brainer if you're free next Wednesday night. Um, But you do have to claim them in advance. So go to the website, click through and get yourself your tickets. And also, Wolves are arranging travel as well for the night. So if you're not sure how to get yourselves up to Old Trafford do not fear they'll be able to sort it out for you for just a £3 donation which will go directly to the Wolves Foundation and feed our pack so absolutely fantastic what an opportunity to be there to see our under 18s in a historic semi-final at Old Trafford so fingers crossed for a positive result and a special evening under the lights there. Mikey, let's now turn our attention to those under-23s who've been playing in the under-23s matches rather than the under-18s. They had a big game on Monday night, didn't they? Yeah, and we had a couple of big names involved as well, Gem. Uh, Jerson Mosquera stepping up his return to fitness for the first team. Second time he's played for the 23s. He actually scored and was then substituted straight afterwards on the hour mark. Uh, There was also uh, Toti played in the game as well. Chiquinho played in the game, had a really impressive match, should have won a penalty towards the end. And Luke Cundall, of course, who's now a legitimate first-team player, was also playing in the game. So Wolves were very strong. Mm. They got themselves into a great position, a hat-trick from Chem Campbell, a perfect hat-trick as well. Left foot, right foot and Ah. header all involved (laughs) in it. You don't see many of those. Um, And it was a wonderful free kick, by the way. If you've not seen it, head to the Wolves Academy Twitter account. And social media pages, of course, across the Wolves social media to, to see that wonderful free kick. And they got themselves into a great position and then let in a couple of silly goals and made it difficult for themselves for the mm. final 10 minutes. But they hung on to win 4-3 against a Reading team who've struggled in Premier League 2, Division 2. And so they've got themselves into a position, Jim, whereby they are, I think, only a point off the playoff positions in wow. Premier League 2, Division 2 with a couple of games in hand. Oh, my so, goodness. You know, we had this amazing finish to last season where they went on a charge, got in there and went all the way to the end of extra time against Crystal Palace down at Sellers Park. Maybe we're going to be in for a grandstand finish to the season again. Let's hope so. I mean, when are the under-23s next in action, Mikey? Well, we next have a game uh, on Friday or tomorrow when we're (laughs) recording it. Um, Because, you know, I mentioned to you last week on last week's episode that we had got through in the Premier League Cup despite defeat to Exeter in the final group game. Well, we know that we have Wigan uh, to face in the first of the knockout games and that has been arranged very quickly. (laughs) So uh, we are going to be bringing you that game, uh, Wigan against Wolves. And yeah, and then next up in Premier League 2 Division 2, is another game that people are going to want to be at, Gem. In a couple of weeks' time, it's a local derby away at West Brom. game's actually going to be played at the New Bucks Head in Telford, which is where Wolves under-23s used to play. That's where West Brom now plays. So, you know, there's there's a lot of Wolves fans around Telford. Maybe we could actually effectively have the home crowd if people can get themselves there. So that would be a really good one. Hopefully they'll continue their good form incredible there are so many matches coming up in the next few weeks that aren't just the first team that we really need fans to get down to and show their support and that is definitely definitely going to be one of them well weren't you doing that last night 
Yes, uh, last night I was at the CKW Stadium for Wolves women's match against Stoke. A big midweek night under the lights for them against Stoke City. Um, and in true Wolves women's style, they beat them 5-0, which I've been speaking to some people today and they were like, wow, what a game, you know, did you did you enjoy it? And I was like, of course, it was it was fantastic. But 5-0 feel, feels pretty standard for <laughs> Wolves women these days. It's not a rarity that they come away with a scoreline like that. And it just is a testament to how well they have performed this season um four different goal scorers jade cross beth merrick amber hughes with another brace and ellie butler who came off the bench to score the fifth in the final moments of the game um, they've restored their spot at the top of the league table still unbeaten this year still doing incredibly well and now preparing to face burnley on sunday um, and similarly to the under 23s games if you're not going to make the trip up to lancashire on sunday to watch Wolfman play they can you can watch the game from home on a live stream uh, and mikey you're going to be commentating it, I believe. Yes, that is uh, game three of my weekend. <laughs> uh, former Wolves Women defender Claire Hakeman will be alongside me to bring you coverage of that game. We know that we, you know, I know a lot of people have wanted us to cover more of the women's games this season. Logistically, it's not always possible, uh, but you know, we were able to bring you a bit of the game uh, from yes. last night, and we are going to be bringing you the game uh, from this weekend as well as hopefully. We are arriving just in time to to watch a fabulous end to the season. Because I mean, you've spoken to me before about it, Gem. Like, and I say you, I've watched them a little bit, but you see them more than me. Like, they're so good to watch, aren't they? Oh, they really are. It's really an entertaining evening, and there was a great turnout again last night at home for them, um, which which is great to see. And it, I feel like the support is really growing as well for Wolves women. Obviously, last season they were behind closed doors, so they weren't able to have the support there with them when when they perhaps needed it most after two difficult seasons. But this year, the crowd have really made up for it, and it's just so great to see so many people there. I actually saw on Twitter earlier a um, a video that was posted um, by Anna Price's partner, the the captain. Of of the Wolves men's squad um, and he was showing after the game a, a whole a whole host of young female fans who were there waiting to see the players to get photos to get autographs at full time and they were all so excited you know out on a, a late school night in <laughs> midweek but it just goes to show how much impact seeing these games having Wolves women play doing as well as they are how much of an impact that has on a, on a whole generation of females who who want to play football who want to watch football and yeah it's just it's just so good to see we've got we've got International Women's Day coming up next week so I've got to try and get that in there but yeah it's just it's just so powerful and it's so great to see young old male female everybody getting down and enjoying um, the women's game well i just got to tell you this because i was watching say we were testing out our little streaming equipment for the game last night and i was sat um with my partner and her son and he kind of obviously he's interested in football i'd taken him to wolves women game before and he came over and he just it was just on my phone and he looked and he went oh that's ali miller <laughs> that's amazing and i was like you know he's 10 years old and and he already recognizes one of the players, because you know we were stood pitch side watching the game the other week, and she was playing as a wing back on that side. So immediately he recognised her. And I just thought that was really lovely. And, oh, that is so good. You know, ho- hopefully there are more people that uh, are starting to take notice, and and more of the girls start to. You know, I, I don't know whether they want to be recognised when they go around Wolverhampton <laughs> or not. I, no, I, I don't like it, but you know, it's lovely to to see them having an impact. 
yeah it is it is amazing and huge and I mean their success this season has just been absolutely phenomenal and I think you know it's been a long time coming they've been doing really well for several years now and um and it's really paying off this season I know that Dan McNamara still doesn't like to they get up too much. He doesn't like to get ahead of themselves. They just focus on the next game and the next game and the next game. But we are, you know, heading into a home stretch now, heading towards the end of the season, still doing really well. I mean, what if this ends up like an invincible season, Mikey? You know? <laughs> like if we, I mean, this, this is huge. And yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't been down to CKW Stadium yet, keep an eye on the fixture list for the home games coming up soon and, and get down there if you can, because we're in for a really special couple of months if they keep going the way they are. And it could be really exciting exciting come the end of the season yeah well we could be in for a women's promotion possibly <laughs> you know a title party uh, fa youth cup final potentially wow. playoffs for the under 23s oh and who knows what could happen with the senior men's <laughs> with the way the season is shaping up honestly this is i mean it's unreal it's a lot of work for us <laughs> it I, know, is, I know people but... are breaking out the tiny violins <laughs> but you know what a time to what a time to be following Wolverhampton Wanderers. Absolutely, yeah. What a time to be a Wolves fan. There is so much going on, and we've got an exciting few months ahead of us. So yes, onwards and upwards. Um, enjoy the under twenty threes tomorrow, Mikey, and I will see you at Molyneux on Saturday for Wolves v Crystal Palace in the Premier League. We will see you all next week for another episode of Wolves Weekly. <laughs>